Lenroy Mortgage will be live. They'll be joining us Friday morning to help you get the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance. Listen Friday morning. Visit LenroyMortgage.com for more information. That's important. Mortgage rates count. They matter. Can save you some money. Oh, big time, man. Question of the morning. What impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the youths this season? They don't win. It's a massive gag. James says, well, they've done this two other times, and both times Utah lost to the interim coach, so we'll see this time. Third time's the charm. I don't remember them. That's where you come in. Come on, nerd boy. Three, (laughs) two, one, go. (laughs) I'll have to look them up. (laughs) Off the top of my head, I can't. I remember the interim coaches. I think we all remember Orgeron got his shot and then didn't get hired. And that's how Clay Hilton got the job. But I'll have to look up those years and check the scores for you. Okay, do that. All right, I'll get right on that. But if the number one team, the favorite, fires their coach one game in a conference season. Logic would dictate. That's disarray. So then you move down to the number two whose coach is not going to be fired. Number three, well, I mean, they've had three assistants fired. They can't possibly do it. The only way they do it is if they cheat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the truth. But maybe the cheating paid off. It didn't. The the kids that they brought in, they didn't didn't, get. Didn't get, so they can't really. can't (laughs) help them win now since they're not going to have a jersey on. Yeah. So they they cheated and didn't even succeed. Pull it together, Devils. So, yeah. I mean, Utah's clearly in the driver's seat now. The interim coaches were 2013-2015. Those are odd-numbered years. The games were in L.A., so the Utes lost. Because they haven't won in the Coliseum since they joined the Pac-12. Okay, but do we know that they were interim coaches when they played the Utes? You can't just you, you didn't do all your homework. Got to do your homework early. I got to do my homework early. How early <laughs> in the season did they change? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that doesn't tell me. That's not hundred percent of the facts. Come on, man. I mean, I know you don't have the standards set by Walter Cronkite, but come on. I was a little shy on detail there. All right, keep talking. I'll big keep fella. <laughs> You're like your putts. You come up short. <laughs> All too often, except for the ones I run wow. 20 feet past and off the green. Now nah, he's seen me putt enough, he can say that. So it's too little or too much, huh? So come on, man. Nail it. Dude. It's going to be hard for SC to concentrate and all. I mean, you'd, they're going to go through the whole season. Why should I listen to this guy? He's not going to be here next year and am I going to be here next year right right now if I'm a potential pro my whole thing is to start to gear up for the make, National yeah. Football League that's where the what real Kalani money is. was just talking about our guys going to be selfish worried about their stats trying to put dramatic plays on tape and all that well stuff. these are young guys and they're influenced by so many different people and there's going to be so many different people in their ear now you got to get yours this is a long-term survival here. Every man for himself. And the Devils, I mean, I don't think these coaches are going to be here next year. That's what I'm hearing. A 68-year-old Herm will ride off in the sunset. Yeah, I get it. It's been a great run. I get it. 
we cheated. I got caught. I get it. <laughs> and now I'm going to retire. Yeah. And so he'll go do his thing. So they can't be a threat, can they? I mean, they were up four points on UNLV. I think UNLV lost to Southern Nevada in the first game. Didn't they? Bryce Harper came and yes, scored Nevada. a winning touchdown. The, the, the non-football playing <laughs> Southern Nevada, yes. Well, UNLV is the non-football playing program in Vegas. <laughs> hey well done, well done. That's, so they're up 14-10 to 10 at home. And Herm listening to them because they're playing the Cougars this year, I mean this week, I mean, and he said their passing game sucks. And two of the three running backs were out. Other than that. Yeah. Now, they they could get healthy at the time, but for the Cougars, man, you should be able to pick off this win. Uh, but, yeah, so Utah, man, they're in the driver's seat. I don't care what happens Saturday. In some ways, uh, that's actually good. I mean, the long-lost interview we all had with Britton Covey, I don't know that it'll ever get played on our station, but I gave up my afternoon and went up there like I was told to do, and got Britton, and he was talking. I, I asked him, I said, about, uh, I don't know, at least we're going to post it on the website so you, you can hear the interviews from yesterday. Um, is, is this like 2019? That loss to SC was a conference loss. BYU wasn't, but it has just as much emotion and all that stuff surrounding it and attention as a USC loss that was there at that game, too. And... They turned around and won eight straight. Now, I don't know if they're going to win nine straight, but clearly, as Britton Covey was saying, that, that that loss humbled them at two years ago, got them refocused, that type of thing. See this thing that happened Saturday night, doing that. I mean, the, the, I feel way better about Utah's chances this morning than I did this time yesterday. You hadn't already seen the uh, the red flag go up with their loss to Stanford? Yeah, I saw it in like 2018. I saw it the day he was hired. It was clear he was going to be fired. So he was dead man walking again. Again. Still. Staggering around like... I mean, I felt decent about their chances yesterday morning after SC. They barely even competed. And so, but now more so... I mean, and the assistant coaches, where's their focus going to be on? I mean, Next job, let, they'll, let, be, they'll be calling friends yeah, in, the profre- it, in the profession. If you want a frame of reference, go back to when Bronco Mendenhall announced that he was going to take the Virginia job. And the, and all the assistants, will, and I talked to several of them, well, what am I going to do? And then Bronco decides to hire several of them. They take the job. And I talked to guys, former BYU players who are on that staff, Said, well, I don't know that, and we all expected Kalani was going to get the gig. That wasn't a big surprise, but I don't have a relationship with him. He's been at Utah all this time. How do I know he's going to keep me? And they're going to double my salary to go to Virginia. All right, so it was a no-brainer for those guys. And then what did the football team do? Turn it over the first 17 possessions? (laughs) Not 17. Because they didn't have that many in the first half. If they did, they would have. Utah fell asleep a little bit and allowed the Utes to come back. But then when it was time to turn on the gas, they did and won the game. And 35 nothing turned into 35-28. Yeah. whoop de doo And the players said we had to pull it together on the sideline. An and obvious it, yeah. reference to they didn't feel like they were being led by the coaches. Right. 
So what do you think the SC assistants are going to do right now? If I'm they any of them, Vinny Luoto, I'm making contacts. Yeah, they are burning up the phones trying yeah. to figure out where might I get a job next year. Everybody texts these days. That's why you go with Podium. Texting is the way to go. I'll tell you about it later. Give us about 20 minutes. Yeah. So, absolutely. Th- this season's over for SC. Unless they win big. There's no Hard to reason do why they've they already win. lost to Stanford. Why they win would win big. This is if you're ever going to beat the Trojans in the Coliseum, this is the year. I mean, you got Charlie Brewer. He flew for 450 trillion yards at Baylor. He Tro- won the Sugar Bowl. The Trojans went six and three in conference both times. They had the interim coach, and both times when they beat the Utes, the change had already been made. Once they beat them 19-3, the Utes are switching oh. quarterbacks during the game. Travis Wilson's hurt. And the other one is the Cameron Smith three-interception game. 42-24. Well, they didn't go 6-3 and because you played nine games. They made the moves after the during conference season. Mm-hmm. So that's inaccurate. Like they did this time. Right. But they didn't go 6-3 and three after the change because the change was right. made during conference games, after conference games. So they couldn't have the interim coach couldn't have gone six and three because they'd already played some games. The Trojans were one and two when they played the Utes, so they did pretty well with the uh interim coach. I'm not gonna try to do the math. What would that be? Five and one with the interim coach to get to six and three well, if it was you the just week told before. Me you're try, not gonna try to do the math. I know, and then I just, just took a flyer. It's just I, crazy. I don't PK. know what to believe from you, man. <laughs> you tell me one thing, you do another. You both do times, one thing, you tell me something else. Both times they beat Utah to get to two and two in the conference. The so constant inconsistencies that I have to put up. And so, yeah, I may shout at you just a little bit at 742, but at least I'm consistent. But neither of those teams completely <laughs> threw in the towel when they won yeah, but the, and beat the Utes to get to two and two. They end up finishing six and three. And do you think that the Utah program was better? Absolutely then not. Or the now? first the first one was a five and seven season, right. and that was you know one were of the, the Utes picked second in those years. Give you something else to do. No, nope. keep them busy, Yock. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> From thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Just keep doing stuff. Whatever you can look up. <laughs> I wouldn't count on them completely rolling over. They've actually had seasons where they did roll over, where the full-time coach stayed there. But when they can't reach their goals, to your point, they've always got a bunch of NFL guys on the roster. And when they can't reach their goals, things unravel. Oh, Lane, about- Lane Kiffin had a 7-6 and six season and ended with a humiliating loss in the Sun Bowl. This is about the Utes playing well anyway. That's yeah, what's most that important. That would be a good start, yes. No matter. They got Charlie Brewer. I mean, he started 16 years at Baylor. I mean, he's really good. I love your overstatement. <laughs> 17 turnovers, 16 years. 467 trillion yards he threw for at Baylor. 467 <laughs> trillion. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, I, I know it because it equals the U.S. deficit. It just it parallels. Just keep Charlie Brewer's yards on a billboard everywhere when you drive around town. It's the same thing. The deficit, Charlie Brewer's yards that he threw at at, uh, at Baylor. That sure that I mean, all those successes that he had in Baylor, man, that that paid off big time in Provo Saturday night. Not even a little bit. Who gives a crap what he did two years ago? It's what you're doing now. 
Not that he can't do it, but I'm not going to base it on a team that I never watched once. So you threw out uh, USC and ASU's help because of the turmoil they have. The obvious other contender then would be UCLA beat LSU to get to 2-0 and and announce they've arrived. Sure, they beat LSU. Can't take that away from them, man. That's it. They beat LSU. If that's now, if LSU turns out to be another 500 team, if that's the defining moment of the Bruins, I always thought I said all along. I thought they were going to be a tough out. I said it five thousand times in August. I still believe that. I said it before they pulverized LSU. I mean uh, Hawaii. They dominated, which surprised me because Hawaii had the best training camp they'd ever had. According to Todd Graham, very explosive, good character. So the question of the morning, what impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the Utes this season? And Mark says, it makes you wonder if Mel Kuyper still thinks USC will clobber BYU at the end of the season. Mark counting on... uh, USC being in disarray on Thanksgiving weekend. He did say that. I happened to be listening, driving to the gym one morning on my Sirius satellite, Station 80, and I heard him say, they will clobber BYU. And I quoted him and put it out there. I didn't think they'd clobber him anyway. But that's a non-conference game. I know it means a lot to BYU. But it doesn't mean anything for the conference. And it means zero for Utah. And games are relevant. Uh, unless they were to go undefeated the rest of the way and potentially get a shot to move in to, to get in the playoff. But even then, if they had a shot to the playoff, Utah would just move up to the Alamo Bowl because the loser of the Pac-12 title game would move into the Rose Bowl if I think it's what the peach and cotton are the two semis this year, and so that has very little effect on the Utes that that particular game because it's not like they would move up; they would just move up a potential pecking order in some who gives a crap bowl that they're barely going to show up to play. Mike says this is going to have no impact on the Utes. It's just going to make the Pac-12 look even worse. Oh, I disagree completely. Oregon beat Ohio State. That's what will make the Pac-12 look good, assuming Oregon can back that up. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing is just to get one team in. That's, right. Nobody cares that, about the middle of your league flailing around. Yeah, that's the playoff now. If, if That's the big knock. I mean, the Pac-12 can suck you-know-what, but if they got one team in the playoff, all of a sudden they're great. It is so bogus, and it's decided by judges, no less. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's crazy to think that, that that's how we define success for the Pac-12 is a committee of, what, 13 people? They, who, they decide it. Which one-loss team do they pick? Because they always eliminate the two-loss teams, and they always let in the undefeated Power 5 team. They're and not going to let, let in let the in undefeated team from the SEC and Clemson and Ohio State. And if Ohio State isn't in, we'll change the rules to allow them to get in. <laughs> so. And if we're really up against the wall, then Oklahoma and Notre Dame can be in. But yeah. you got to make us right. So let's uh, let's meet every week in Dallas, or they ought to go to Maui. Just play it up even more ridiculous. 
Once go. the committee starts, where they, they, they start meeting in the end of October, you should sequester and quarantine in Maui. Sequester was absolutely the word. Good word. <laughs> Good poll. <laughs> we have sequestered ourselves yeah. in a five-star luxury hotel. And we're, Yards uh, from the beach. We're going to listen to them, and then ESPN can do it at halftime or in between the games of the four power teams of college basketball that they want to play. And we can bring in Herb Street. And make it so dramatic. Meanwhile, and, and we release. What do they do? They release it up to twenty-five. So we start guessing on teams five, six, and seven. I can remember two years ago, the Utes were like six. I wrote for KSL on our website. They got no chance. Oh my gosh, Ute fans got over me, got on me so bad. One guy said, "I went over really well." I'm going to tweet this every day if that hack is wrong. Well, that hack was right. <laughs> How come I didn't hear from you? I come you, only hear from I you. I know that. I know the answer to that because you were right. <laughs> it wasn't an, an outrageous take. You got a guy who's the mouthpiece of the SEC on ESPN saying, Utah! Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Utah! Right. I mean, it wasn't like you made it up out of thin air. Right. And, and I was authoring that no way Utah deserves to be in there. They're frauds. Not reading the second sentence, PK. I don't care. Don't you think that I would want Utah in? Wouldn't it be good for my job? Was it good for work? Isn't that very, very important to me? Yes, it matters a whole heck of a lot that the station succeeds. And if the teams win, the station stands a better chance to succeed, and I stand a better chance to be employed, you idiots. It's only been true there. for 20 I'm years. angry to them. You don't have any problem when I'm angry to them, but if I'm angry with you, all hell breaks loose. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Yak? Am I speaking truth right now? <laughs> You're not nearly as angry with them either. You're going soft on them. Pretty, na- pretty much nailed it. <laughs> You're inconsistent. That's your problem? On a weekly basis. On a minute basis. A segment-by-segment basis. I am as consistent as... Tiger in his prime. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he won one out of every four tournaments in his prime, so. Which was awesome. Okay. Yeah, because I allow you to win three out of every four segments, because if I crushed you, you would even whimper even more than you do. <laughs> I can't make a whimpering noise on demand, sorry. I really wanted to for comedy's sake. <laughs> would have been good. Michael, Michael tweets at us. Oh, so the question to reset it for those of you just joining us. What impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the youth this season? Michael says that the youth's counterpart in the in-state game will have a better shot at sweeping the Pac-12 South this season. That is well played, Michael. That is a Kyle Whittingham response right there. Not a rivalry game, an in-state game. The youth's counterpart, not BYU. I see what you did there, Michael. I think you did it very well. I can buy some logic there. Sure. Yeah. It's a better shot at sweeping. But that really has no effect on Utah. That's great for the Cougars. The effect it will have on Utah is they will have to listen to the Cougars talk about sweeping the South. That's the impact it'll have on the Utes. But if the Utes are going to the Rose Bowl, go They ahead. won't care so much? No. <laughs> go ahead. I, I bring up the example. The first time the Devils went to the Rose Bowl, they clinched. They beat uh, Northern Cal. Not Southern Cal. They beat Northern Cal. Uh, the penultimate week of the season. Stanford or Cal? I'm tr- I, no, Stanford I is Stanford. It. Okay. Well, we got Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. So Which then, is USC. So, but I then, thought you might go UC Berkeley if you meant Cal. 
I, so yeah, I do. A, no, okay. that's Northern Cal. All right. If there's a Southern Cal, there's got to be a Northern Cal. It's just the way it works. Don't get me sidetracked. <laughs> so they beat Northern Cal, and they clinched. The next week was the rivalry game, which they lost. But nobody ever talks about it because they went and they beat Jim Harbaugh and Bo Schemblechter because they accused the Devils of holding, and they won the Rose Bowl. So if BYU sweeps the South and Utah goes to the Rose Bowl, who cares? They will have che- Utah will have achieved its primary goal. True story. Win the conference. Yeah. When I was growing up and was uh, was living there and, and going to, to the to ASU and, and had friends on the team, or at least casual guys that I knew a little bit, you know, that now at their 20 years old, I'm way older than them. I don't live and die by what they do on the football field. But at the time, those some of those guys were your buddies, man. The quarterback I, I hung out with in high school. Uh, and he ended up playing in the NFL. Um, so you wanted them to win, right? So my two goals every academic year were go to the Rose Bowl and go to the College World Series. My two sports goals for the Devils. I've always been a pro basketball guy versus college, so I didn't care nearly as much about basketball. And plus, they're not any good. Uh, so if the, if the point I'm making is that the Utes go to the Rose Bowl this year, that's all that matters. Sure, it just doesn't feel... And I mean, logically, people know it's possible. It just doesn't feel like it this close to having gotten pushed around in the rivalry game. It doesn't mean it can't happen. But when happen. we get there in the first week of December, right. if it happens... It, it will be I a promise you, right. as you, I don't need to promise you, you already know, they'll be jumping up and down like crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll be in Vegas, so there'll be 25,000, 30,000 youth fans if they think they got a shot. Now, you know, if they go 6-3 uh, and three in Oregon sitting over there at 9-0, and zero, yeah. you know, maybe, and Oregon's just beating the crap at everybody, like that one year uh, the Trojans were on probation and the Bruins went... And I don't even think they had a five uh, above five hundred record, but say they had they had to go because the Trojans couldn't go, yep. and so there wasn't really no buzz in that game. In fact, I think Newhausel might have even been fired. He might have been coaching out the string at that point. Uh, I'm, I'd have to double check that. So under that circumstance, but Utes are, the, the bottom line for me is the Utes are going to get a lot better, unless I'm misreading the situation entirely. Brewer's going to get more comfortable. And he's going to get more comfortable as receivers. He's going to realize, hey, I got to get the ball to Keithy at, as much as I can. He's really good. Uh, we're going to see Bernard, I think, take over the running back spot. Uh, and I, I still think they're going to be fine. Could be wrong, but that's the way I see it. Defense can't get pushed around. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. The secondary was probably the question mark. He felt pretty good about linebacker, yeah, and the defensive line's never the question mark, but the secondary wasn't the issue. No, it's not like BYU threw the ball over the field for no. him. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. Coming up, we'll run all of this by Frank Dolce. That's coming up at 8 o'clock, about 15 minutes away, right here on The Zone.